You're listening to Work It Mommy, where the goal is for all women, no matter your age, if you're married, single, a teenager, young adult, mature adult, all women to be the best versions of ourselves. And if we happen to be moms, be the best moms ever and maintain our sanity while we do it. Okay, so I want to talk today about mental illness. It is, of course, a month right now, um, Mental Illness Awareness Month. And I think it's great that we have this month to kind of like hone in on mental illness. It's something that we need to be aware of all the time. Um, Right now, because of the times that we're living in, we're living in some strange times. Mental illness really is at an all-time high. So I thought it would be nice today to kind of talk about four warnings, very subtle warnings that we can look out for and what to do when we realize we've got these four subtle signs going on. And remember, these are subtle, you know, mental illness for a lot of us doesn't happen right overnight. Like you are fine one day and then the next day you wake up and you're not. It's a gradual progression that only gets worse if left untreated the older we get. So I think it's really important for us to hone in on these things. So let's go ahead and get started with the first sign. So the first sign is easily being overwhelmed easily overwhelmed and easily overwhelmed with very small tasks that when you stop and think about it, they really don't take much time, much thought or much energy. Those are the type of things we're talking about. We're not talking about, you know, you are writing for a paper for college or, you know, you have some big presentation you have to do at work or something business related. That's something a bit more complex. We're talking about very small things. And by that, I mean, you know, cooking, if that's becoming overwhelming. And I know sometimes you just get sick of cooking, but there's a difference. You know what I mean? Um, Returning phone calls or texts, even especially texts, because I feel like text is a way to have a quick, simple communication that isn't too stressful. Sometimes a call is too much. We don't have the time. But a text, you can easily just send something back and have that be easy and stress-free. So if that's becoming something to where it causes you a lot of stress and anxiety, or you just can't even do it together, you avoid it, you just don't respond, that's really something that you need to hone in on. Um, You know, other things could be something as simple as, you know, walking out to go get your mail. If you let your mail pile up for maybe two weeks, just because, you know, oh, I just can't get out to the mailbox. If that's the way you're feeling like that's just way too much to do. That's another little one you can kind of, you know, hone in on. Even sometimes driving. Now, I'm not saying driving like, um, of course, traffic stinks, right? And of course, that causes anxiety. But let's say you're driving in early morning or a time when there's no one on the road. If just kind of driving in general stresses you out to the point that you will forego important things like social gatherings or, um, you know, going to maybe even see your doctor or go to get groceries because you are that stressed out about driving. When it starts to overstep your, your kind of everyday needs, 
then you know that that is something that is a little bit unbalanced and is manifesting itself in a way um, that it's beyond just, you know, I don't want to do it because of traffic. It's a sign that you're becoming easily overwhelmed. So that's the key to this number one point as a sign, a subtle sign of mental illness is easily being overwhelmed with simple things, things that really don't take too much time or a too big of an expenditure of our mental or physical energy, those types of things. So definitely be on the lookout for that one. I know for me, when I start to get super overwhelmed with cooking, I'm like, oh, I just can't cook anything at all. You know, like we're having cereal and like, you know, maybe two nights go by and we have cereal. It's like, okay, that is a little bit, you know, let's start bringing it back in. And sometimes you have to do that. It's okay to say, you know what? I'm going to, you know, order something this night and then tomorrow I'm, you know, gonna cook. But it's gotta be, um, something that you're actually pacing yourself. If, if you say you're going to do something and that turns into never happening, that's how you can tell you're becoming overwhelmed with small tasks. So um, definitely want to look out for them, okay? The second one, I feel like a lot of people are a little bit more aware of, but that is becoming very short patient and easily agitated. So when you're very short of patience and you get agitated by the smallest things, that is definitely a red flag that we want to hone in on ourselves. We don't want someone else to have to tell us. And, and sometimes if they do, it can be off-putting. You're like, no, that's not a problem, you know? And it's hard to do that self-assessment. But by the end of this episode, with the information that I'm going to share from the experts who know more about this than I do. I want us and myself, I'm doing this for myself as well. I want us to get to the point that we can say, this is what I'm doing. I am having symptoms of going into depression, mental illness. I need to get out of it. I need to get myself out of this, okay? And um, so that by the end of this, hopefully we'll have some practical things that we can do, okay? So again, becoming super short patient, um, maybe all day, every day, your response to everything is a scream or a yell. If someone does one thing that is just off, it's immediately you're responding with yelling, screaming, raising the voice um, on every little thing. That is really a sign that, you know, there really is something um, we need to address. Now, this one, a lot of times will manifest, it, manifest itself in the form of road rage. And for, of course, on this podcast, I talk mostly, you know, about women. I'm, I'm trying to connect with women here. But I feel like this is a very, very overwhelming one with men who are suffering with mental illness is extreme road rage. And that, again, goes into the patients. They are zooming through traffic to cut everybody off because they don't have the patience to wait. And so they're willing to hit the gas at 90 miles an hour just to get in front of this one car. That shows a lack of patience and being very easily agitated. Or if someone cuts you off and you get so mad that your face is like red, you're shaking, you're screaming, you're yelling obscenities, you know, that is a sign that it's 
going into the point where it's like, okay, I need to sit here and do a little bit of self-evaluating and see like, okay, what am I doing? What is the real issue really? Because the issue isn't is the traffic. It's not the fact that someone cut you off. It's something else behind the scenes is running in the background, in our brains and causing us to act this way because that's how it's coming out. That's how it's being manifested. So we have to address that stuff in the background. And sometimes it's way back there. It's years back there. It's childhood trauma. It's stuff we don't want to talk about, things that have wronged us. So again, but the patience thing really can be a sign. Now, what's interesting is, is that as mental illness progresses, the patience thing becomes like overwhelming to the point that people that don't even know you can see, wow, this person has no patience at all. There's something going on here, but it starts off real subtle. It starts off as zooming in and out of traffic or, you know, yelling and screaming constantly, you know, at our spouses or kids or whatever. That's how it's starts those little things and certainly just because we yell and scream from time to time doesn't mean you know hey this is a a massive issue it's when it's to the point that you can't step outside of yourself and say hey I was out of line when you see nothing wrong with your behavior that's usually a sign that hey I need to to evaluate here okay so that was number two being short patience and easily agitated now this third one I really feel like this one is a subtle one and I've seen it a lot and earlier on in my life I was starting down that road not because of my own uh issues but because that's what I thought based upon something uh behaviors that I saw from someone close to me So this one is a huge one that I think a lot of people don't realize. So the third one is constantly going to the doctor. Even when, you know, you've gotten the green light that your health is good from several different doctors, okay, becoming completely consumed with your health condition if you do get a diagnosis, okay? Now, when I say completely concerned, consumed with the health condition, that is, of course, something light. Maybe you have a problem with, you know, your knee, not to make light of that. OK, but that is an ailment that, you know, you can live with it. It might be hard to walk. It might limit you. And that in itself can cause stress and anxiety. All of that is OK. What I'm saying is, is when it's something that maybe, you know, is just very not really something that is going to impact the quality of our life significantly, but we spend a ton of time obsessing over it or even being consumed with the fact of, I may have something wrong. Maybe we have family members that have these health issues. You know, I certainly do. And so there is a natural amount of worry. You're like, I don't want that. And I got to avoid that. And I better go to the doctor all the time. But when we go so much and we're constantly getting a, a clean bill of health, that's the key. If you're going to the doctor and they're saying, hey, work on your cholesterol. Hey, do this. this. There's stuff off. Yes, you're going to the doctor for a good reason. Keep doing that. 
But if you walk out and they say, hey, you are good. And you say, oh, I don't know. I think there's something wrong. And you go to another doctor and they say, nope, check all your blood work. We've done a CAT scan on you. You're good. You got nothing going on. Like, oh, I don't know. I still feel like I got something going on. And you go to the next and the next and you never get a resolution now. I want to be clear here. Sometimes people do keep going and they do find that three doctors were wrong. They find that, hey, they were right. They did have something off with them. And it's good to do that. I always get a second opinion. Always, 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 unless I'm going for just like my routine checkup. And if my checkup is good, I don't get a second opinion. But if I ever have anything off with me, something that may require, you know, a mild procedure or something like that. I have learned to get two opinions because I, in one specific case, would have actually gotten a procedure done that I didn't actually need. I would have gotten a, a massive procedure done versus I only needed a, a small procedure done. And I'm going to go into that. So what happened was I needed after I um, had my first child, um, a lactation consultant told me, hey, you know, I'm feeling you around here. You do have some extra lumps and things in your breast. Let's get you, you know, to a breast specialist and check this out. So went to the place and out comes, you know, uh, this guy, okay, with this harpoon hook and is like, I mean, this thing was like this big and was like, oh, we need to remove like three chunks from your breast. And I'm going, you haven't done any diagnostic tests. I haven't had a mammogram to show what you're even going to biopsy and take three massive chunks of my breast out. Are you kidding me without a mammogram first or any type of diagnostic? Okay. So I walked out and got a second opinion, and I'm glad I did because she did a sonogram, sent me for a mammogram, so two diagnostic procedures, and then the determination was made that I just needed to have a fine core needle um, cyst, uh, like a cyst aspiration, a, a cyst biopsy, excuse me. So that was performed, was negative in the story. So if I hadn't gotten a second opinion, I would have sit up here and gotten two to three chunks of my breast removed for no reason. So I want to be clear, get a second opinion before you get any type of procedure done. But where this one on the mental illness side can be an issue is when you keep going and going and going and going and the doctors are always wrong. You know, there's never been any resolution to the issue that you feel you have. There's never been any signs of it on a diagnostic test. And this has gone on for years and years and years. So that's the difference. It's something that's very prolonged. You know, if you see a person that, you know, almost like every week, they're like, I got to go to the doctor for this. I had to go for this. I had to go for this. I had to go for this. And then they share with you that there was never um, a resolution or the doctor just says, oh, you may have this or you may have that. When they start giving you may haves, after you've had rigorous testing, blood and diagnostic, then sometimes it can be a sign that you might just be consumed um, with this type of worry. So um, we're going to talk about that a little bit more with some of the uh, professional information I'm going to share on that particular point about constantly being consumed with your health and constantly going to the doctor um, in just a second. So, but I want to go ahead and get into the fourth one now. 
So the fourth sign that's subtle that you might be suffering from the very beginning stages of mental illness is poor hygiene. So again, um, I think this is one that goes, you know, kind of under the radar because, hey, sometimes you're like, I don't feel like doing anything. I want to stay in my PJs all day. And that's okay. You know, like sometimes on the weekend, you know, I'll have like just a super lazy Saturday and like, I'm just going to stay in the PJs all day and have a chill day. I may even stay in bed longer. You know, my husband will kind of get the morning going and do um, some online activities, you know, with the kids. And I'll just kind of have that time to myself um, as a woman and as a mom to just kind of slow down from the week. So um, sometimes you do need to do that, but it's balanced. Everything about the mental illness portion here that I'm talking about with these signs is balance, 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 balance. So if weeks go by and you haven't showered, um, even sometimes if it's just like three days, if you're constantly going like three days without showering, three days without brushing your teeth, three days without putting on deodorant, you know, just not taking care of your personal hygiene because it's like, oh, I'll get in the shower later. I will, you know, I'll I'll wash my hair later. I'll do all of that later. And then later turns into days. That is a sign that there is a problem. Now, we are not talking about being glamazons. We're not talking about spending hours in the mirror. We ain't talking about any of that. We are talking about basic hygiene, teeth brushing, showering, most importantly, is one that is a big, big sign. And we're going to discuss that more again with some information I'm going to share here in a second in a screen share from the experts, okay, that, that have pinpointed that these are signs, you know, um, of mental illness. So again, it's something that I feel it's hard for us to talk about, um, but it needs to be talked about. And I feel some of us have never even had the idea of like, should I get a mental evaluation? Like, how am I actually doing? It's okay to have something like that done. It's okay to be aware of your mental function. And especially if we are in relationships, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our significant others. They owe that same courtesy to us to make sure that we're functioning well mentally so that we can give our all to those relationships. We want to give our all to our husbands and vice versa, them give their all mentally to us as well. And then uh, for those of us who are moms, our children. So we want to be, you know, the best moms we can be and maintain that sanity, right? We have to make sure that our mental health is in check and we're not going to always do these perfectly and that's okay, but we have to be aware and be like, okay, I've gone three days without showering. This is a problem. I'm headed towards a depression. I need to snap out of it. I need to get it together. Being aware, being present, caring enough about ourselves for ourselves and for those around us that we love and care about is the big thing. So when it gets to the point that you become so consumed with yourself, you're not willing to change for yourself or for those around you, that is when really it starts to be a big problem. Okay. Now, um, let me go ahead and do a screen share here on some of this great information. Um, 
aren't you so happy that we live in a time now where we have all this information at our fingertips, you know, and of course we can see professionals and we need to do that. But we also have information at our fingertips that we can take in. And if we're able to really apply it and say, hey, oh, I'm reading this. This sounds like me. Ah, and fix it. That's great. That's great. That's really just great. Okay. All right. So the first website share that we're going to do is from NAMI.org. And that is a National Alliance of Mental Health. I like this website because it is a collaborative effort. Um, They publish um, research and provide education from a a couple of different um, educational sources, you know, different universities and things like that. So I really like this website for that. So we're going to kind of go through a quick little list here. Um, This is a longer list of general warning signs. It's more than the four big ones that are subtle that I just gave you, but this goes a little bit more into detail. And I felt like, um, you know, this was important to do. Okay. It says trying to tell the difference between what expected behaviors are and what might be the signs of a mental illness isn't always easy, which is what I kind of said at the outset. It's a balanced thing. You got to be able to say, is this natural? Is this not, you know, and and really do that, that self-assessment. Um, so again, there's no easy test that can let us know this, but you know, there are some things we can look out for. So excessive worrying or fear, feeling excessively sad and low, confused thinking or problems, concentrating and learning. Um, concentration is one I noticed that when I am stressed, I have too much going on. My concentration wanes. I'll like type one thing, you know, on my laptop or whatever. And then before I know it, I'm just over here. Like I've totally like lost what I was doing. I'm like, Hey, I thought I was just typing a letter. Now I'm doing this. What just happened there? You know? So that is one for me that I feel like the pandemic has exacerbated. Very interesting, right? Like I feel that I have a much harder time concentrating nowadays. Um, Next one is confused thinking or problems concentrating. I'm sorry. I just read that one. Um, Extreme mood changes uncontrolled highs and feelings of euphoria. So like, oh, I feel so amazing today. I'm on top of the world. And then maybe the next day it's the world is ending. I hate everything and everyone. And yeah, so those extreme mood shifts um, that aren't contingent upon um, a change in surroundings or circumstances, okay? Prolonged or strong feelings of irritability or anger. Now, that's another one that I'd be on the lookout for for myself. When I start getting angry all the time for no reason, I'm like, mm, girl, check yourself. Check it, check it, check it. What's up? Okay. Avoiding friends or social activities. This has been a huge one for me because that is not typically my norm. I always want to engage with people. And I've noticed that during the pandemic, that has been something that I'm like less inclined. I'm like, I don't want to. And so that is a sign. Okay. Difficulties understanding or uh, relating to other people. So feeling like no one understands you, there's nobody around that you can really connect with. Sometimes that can be true. Maybe, you know, you're just in an area or whatever. Maybe you're new, whatever. Sometimes that can be, you know, um, something that's just a circumstance, but sometimes it can be a sign. 
changes in sleep habits or feeling tired and low energy. This one is huge. And it's another one that gets really overlooked. You know, um, if you can't sleep, and I've definitely had a stretch. First part of the pandemic, I was sleeping like a rock, man. I was like, man, I already know what time. I know what's happening. Like, I got the 411. I, whatever. Like, I was just, whatever, not concerned. But now as things have gone on, um, a couple months ago, I hit this point where I couldn't sleep a lick, just couldn't sleep at all. And I knew I'm like, something's going on here. I don't know what I'm stressing about or where this is coming from, but I got to get to the bottom of it. Okay. Um, Changes in eating habits, such as increased hunger or lack of appetite. That's a huge one for a lot of people. Changes in sex drive. That is a lot. So sometimes you're just like really gung ho. And then maybe you go, you know, weeks or even months where you're just like, it is never happening. So that one is something especially um, important for those of us in relationships that we want to evaluate, you know, we want to be able to you know, be happy um, about being intimate with our mates. And if there's an issue, we need to address it and, um, you know, try to make sure we have that balance there. Uh, Difficulty perceiving reality, delusions and hallucinations. Okay, that is definitely um, and the hallucinations can kind of start small, like um, maybe you are like reading a book and you think a bug randomly flies and falls on your book, but it doesn't. You know, there's like nothing there, but you you could have sworn you saw something. So I don't think a lot of people realize those are like mini hallucinations that um, if left unchecked will grow into bigger hallucinations. Like I saw somebody standing there, but they ain't actually there. So, um, again, um, just just something to be aware of. Inability to perceive changes in one's own feelings, behavior or personality, lack of insight or nostalgia. Okay. So I really don't think I said that last word right. Nostalgia. Guys, bear with me. I don't think I said it right. But anyway, the gist of it there is not being aware of how your feelings are changing or how you are actually behaving. Um, Maybe people are telling you, maybe a a dear loved one or someone close, hey, you seem really out of it lately. No, I'm not, you know, like the denial or, you know, maybe changing it and putting it on them, um, lots of blame, or you just lock down, you just shut down, just can't talk, can't speak, can't deal with any of it. That is a sign, Okay. Overuse of substances like alcohol or drugs. That's a huge one that people are pretty aware of. Multiple physical ailments without obvious causes such as headaches, stomach aches, uh, vague and ongoing aches and pains. Now, this ties into what I was saying earlier at the outset. When you have multiple things going on in your body, maybe you are feeling like you can't breathe and you're feeling like you're having a heart attack and your back is also hurting. Those things could all be happening at one time. But with our mental, right, we are always having chemical releases. There are certain good chemicals that are being released, you know, these endorphins and things. And then we also have like suppressants that are being released as well. What I encourage you to do is look up 
the link between the physical manifestations of mental illness. There is a link there. I never knew that. Um, And I learned that a couple of years ago, and it made so much sense regarding um, some persons that I knew and a little bit myself as well, that sometimes when we have multiple things going on and there isn't an actual um, diagnosis for it, um, maybe we're having a ton of aches and pains, but there isn't a, a, a full, you know, diagnosis. It could be a sign that our stress and anxiety is so high that it is causing physical ailments. So again, let me make sure I explain that right. You can have aches and pains that are induced by stress. You can even have seizures that are induced by stress. So these mental ailments um will cause fluctuations in our body chemistry, which will manifest itself in real physical aches, pains, and body responses to that. So that is a reason why I encourage people to keep your mental health in check because it starts mental and we can kind of control it a bit, you know, um, in the very beginning stages, if it's not something that was a pre-existing condition that we were born with. But left unchecked, as time goes, those will start to go into physical things. I mean, people who have dementia at the end of their their time, when it's getting to the point that, you know, they're going to pass away, the main thing that happens is they have so many aches and pains and their body, their stomachs, their stomachs don't even function because the chemicals that their body is being flooded with from the mental disorder is affecting their gut. Okay, so there is a link between physical pain and discomfort and things going on physically with our mental state. So really, this is a silent one. You're not going to even realize it's happening until it's starting to progress. And and that is really the sad part about it and and what can be really um, dangerous there. Okay, now, of course, you know, thinking about suicide is one. Um, inability to carry out daily activities or handle daily problems and stress. That was the one that we also talked about at the outset as well. An intense fear of weight gain or concern with appearance. That is a huge one. That one plagues us women a lot. You know, we are all on social media. We see these ideals, right? And we think it's real. It's not, you know, um, even if someone looks good, they still got problems. They may have a health problem. They may have a family problem. It's everyone has a problem. So don't fool ourselves into, you know, thinking low of ourselves. There's no reason to do that. Don't do that to yourself. It is harmful to our mental health to do that. So and again, even with the weight gain, some people are just going to be a little bit bigger. That's okay. If you're exercising and eating healthy, you may just be a bigger person. That might be okay. Don't also go to the other extreme of being so concerned that you're underweight. That is a huge problem. Being underweight is just as bad and puts almost the same amount of stress on your heart as being overweight, okay? So really the key there is um, the balance, okay? 